Well, you're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast dealing with topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. My name is Tyler Oldrieve. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast and a pastor at Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario. You can learn more about our church at gracegalt.ca or even our podcast at gospelcenteredrest.ca. Well, today is part two of a two-part series that we are doing with a friend of ours, Roger Pasco, who not only is a fellow minister of the gospel and who's been a pastor for years, but he helps train other pastors and churches in preaching um, and understanding the role of the sermon in the life of a believer and in the life of a church. So with this being part two, we encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to go back and listen to part one. Otherwise, we hope you're blessed and encouraged with today's conversation. Thank you again for joining us, Mr. Pasco. Now, just thinking practically, um, thinking of the person that's in the pew on Sundays, for all of us that are sitting there listening to the sermon, what should be the goal? What should be the purpose of listening to that sermon for Yeah, them? I think often our congregations, uh, and I could in- include ourselves, I mean, mm-hmm. come to a church service never having thought through what's my role. Yeah. In that yeah, service. Yeah, exactly. I'm just sitting in the pew, listening. Yeah. I'm or here sitting. to consume, you know. I, exactly. Yeah. It's that uh, sort of that uh, buffet menu kind of mm. attitude. I mean, you take what you want and leave what you don't want. Mm. And and uh, that consumer mentality. But that's not the case. We We need to be prepared in our minds and in our hearts and consciences as we come together on a Sunday morning. First of all, as I already said, in whose presence are we gathered? Yeah. That makes a difference mm-hmm. as to the, the, to the attitude with which uh, we come. But also to think through, now, what's the goal? What's the purpose here? And really, I think, uh, as I thought about this for a little bit, mm. I think we should listen to the sermon in the same way that the preacher preaches the sermon. In other words, the listening is just the mm. reverse, if you will, or the mirror image of the preacher. So the, the same um, purposes and goals of the preacher mm. are ours as listeners. So what are those? And so I think that there are four primary uh, components mm. that uh, we should be able to hear. Uh, often we don't, but we should be able to hear in every sermon. Mm. So this challenges us as preachers. Do, do we cover these areas? And the first is, not in any particular order of priority, but the first is to stretch the mind. Mm. In other words, to do the work of a teacher, to convince mm. or to argue a point. It's to teach us something that we hadn't thought about before or, to un- or never understood before or mm. never seen in quite that way before. So, so to stretch the mind. Yeah. So just like a teacher in school, we don't want our students to come and leave never having added to their knowledge. Mm-hmm. So stretch the mind. Secondly, to soften or stir the heart, touch the heart. Mm. Um, this is such an important part. This is the work of a pastor. So if, if the mind is the work of the teacher, then the heart is the work of the pastor. It has to do with our relationship with Christ. That out of the scriptures, we are, our hearts are affected. Because we know that if you don't touch the heart, 
and you only touch the mind, the likelihood of our listeners changing their behavior or their thinking or their attitudes or relationships is minimal. But we know that if the heart and mind agree, mm. that shapes my next point, which is the will. Mm. So to stretch the mind, to soften or touch the heart, and thirdly, to subdue or shape the will. So if the mind is the work of a teacher and the heart is the work of the pastor, then the will is the work of a parent or guardian. And this has to do with directing and me- uh, the will and uh, the uh, behavior and mentoring uh, those that come under the sound of the word that we teach. And then the fourth one is to sensitize or prick the conscience. So really all I've done there is taken the four component parts of every human being, heart, mind, will, and conscience. And the last one then to being to prick or to sensitize the conscience. This is really the work of the priest Mm. as the one who speaks for God. It has to do with holiness. It has to do with sensitivity to sin. It has to do with uh, spirituality or connectedness with God. And so if we understand that those are the four uh, primary components of every sermon, then we as listeners, as congregation, need to be engaging with that. Yeah. Have I learned? Has my heart been touched? Mm. Do I have a closer, a more affectionate relationship with Christ than I did before? Is my, uh, is my will being shaped into the, uh, to be subdued Uh, submitted to the will of God and is my conscience active so that I keep short accounts with God with respect to sin. Mm. So the overall purpose, and if those are four specific goals of every sermon, the overall purpose of every sermon is to move us as listeners to action, Mm -hmm. to inspire us, Mm -hmm. to encourage us. That is to change our behavior. If we go out the same way as we came in, week after week after week, we really haven't accomplished anything. And so Paul makes that clear that uh, he says in, uh, I guess it's in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, I think it is, that we persuade people. Yeah, That's our goal. So to move to action, to change behavior, change relationships, change priorities and values and beliefs so that we grow in our Christ-likeness. So that if we take those four specific components of a sermon, the one that we could write over all of that is the purpose is to move us to action, to change with a view to knowing God better, uh, making us into fully devoted, Mm -hmm. obedient disciples of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so as members of the congregation, we should be listening for those critical aspects of the sermon, asking ourselves... And I think this is a good idea to do, asking ourselves, what is God teaching me today? Hmm. Through the preacher, on the authority of God's word, applied by the spirit of God, what is it from this that I need to learn? Perhaps something that I've not understood before or something that I need to be obedient to. Hmm. Or we could say, how has my heart been touched? How has my heart warmed toward Christ through the preaching of the word today. Does the scripture passage that has been preached, does it alert me 
to something in my life that I need to correct, that needs to be corrected, needs to be judged, needs to be confessed, needs to be repented of? Or is my will leading me in the wrong direction? Is there something that I need to uh, submit Mm. to God's will? So I, I I think that that's the mode in which we should come to a service thinking these are areas that I need to be listening for. Yeah. What's the preacher today going to say yeah. to address my mind, my heart, my will, my conscience, and how will that change me um, yeah. in my Christian life? I think that's great because it, it bridges the gap between just coming to consume and to be entertained, and I'm coming here with the purpose that God has intended right. for this service uh, to be um, as a as a declaration of worship to him right um i can't help but think of second timothy chapter four as you're going through those words did that a- at all have any influence on this and paul saying to timothy you know um uh, preach the word right. in season out of season rebuke right you know all those words but i loved how you made that connection that this isn't just something that the preacher himself should be thinking through as he's preparing a sermon but as the person sitting under the preaching you should also be thinking through right how has this been exhortive? How has this been encouraging? Exactly. Yep. All those things. Yeah, Second Timothy 4 and uh, 2, I think it is, preach the word really is my ministry verse. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the rock wow. bottom of what we do. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you know, we say that uh, we practice expository preaching. Well, I found out over the years that the majority yeah. of people yeah. really don't know what that means. Yeah. So if you really want to know what it means, it means preach the word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... With that, because you just brought it up, and it's not in our notes, but expository preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a question that I don't think we get as much here here at Grace Bible Church, just because there, um, there's there been such faithful expository preaching for so long. David's been preaching right. here for 26 years through books of the Bible. Right. Um, he's even said the other day, I think he's, over his time here, he's gone through Revelation at least twice. Um, so this church has been very committed to it, but even for like newcomers coming to our church, this, this could be a new thing for them is to go through a a whole book of the Bible or to do expository preaching. Um, What would you, why would you say that expository preaching is, is the, is the way that we should be, you know, engaging with God's word in the, in the, in the church. And I guess a follow up question to that would be, um, does that mean that you have to go through an entire book of the Bible? Like, again, I guess just like, what is expository preaching? Right. And why is it? Why is it important? Well, exposition really is just a fancy word for uh, saying that we, when we preach, we expose, mm. we bring into view what's there. That's all that is. So it's saying that we are explaining mm. and applying what the scriptures say. That's expository preaching. Now, you may say, well, that's, um, yeah. that's intuitive, isn't it? Isn't that what all preachers do? Well, no, they mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And um, the difference is that we are committed to the authority and the truth and the relevance of what the scriptures say. That's our only authority, as far as I can, uh, I'm concerned, our only authority for preaching. Yeah. And so what we're doing there is we're not bringing our own ideas. We're not, we're not preaching on our own pet subjects. 
which can easily happen if you jump from text to text every week and you don't uh, preach uh, consistently through a passage or a book. You can, you can just go to your uh, pet subjects. But rather, what we're doing is we are preaching the Bible as it is written, yes. explaining it as it was written and intended by the original author as best we can, mm-hmm. and making that relevant or applicable to Christians living in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, does that mean that we don't do topical preaching? No. I think you can do topical preaching expositorily, mm. but it's more difficult mm. um, because in topical preaching, you have to bring in texts from all different parts of the Bible. And that's um, not really the way the Bible was written. No. So yeah. since why would we take the Bible and then cut it up into uh, in a different way rather than saying, okay, this is the way God wrote it. Mm. So this is the way we're going to learn it. Therefore, that's the way we're going to preach it. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that if we had topics that are needed by the congregation and relevant to the life of the mm-hmm. congregation, that we would not, you know, divert from our normal practice and address that topic because we do and we should. Mm-hmm. But by and large, week by week, we're teaching the Bible as it's written. Mm-hmm. bringing into view for the listeners what it says, what it means, how it applies to our lives. Yeah, and I, I don't think you could have said it any better. Um, it's just, uh, it's amazing. Like with expository preaching, it's it's really focusing on on what on what you were saying with um, focusing on what's the intent of what the author is saying and how does that apply into my life uh, here, here and today. So very... So it's not, for example, some preachers are going to think up Okay, what am I going to preach on next Sunday? Right. We never have to think up what we're going to preach on next Sunday. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Because the text dictates that. Yeah. Um, so I think it. I think it gives. Uh, it has a whole number of benefits. Not the least of which is not only are we preaching the Bible as it's written, but but the listeners are learning in sequence as it's written. Mm-hmm. If you jump from book to book and text to text every week. You'd never do that if you're reading a book of fiction. Right, right. You yeah. read it from cover to cover. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, very good. Now, as um, again, as someone who's, who's, who's listening to a sermon, how can we listen well to a sermon? We talked a little bit about that, but uh, what if the speaker is, is boring? Not that we ever experienced that here at Grace Bible Church, or we will this Sunday. <laughs> no, no pressure, no. Roger. Um, but what if the speaker is boring or not exactly the way that we would like him to be? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, uh, I think we all have had experiences where we mm. have listened to sermons that are, frankly, boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by way of a caveat, you know, n- I think we need to admit that no single preacher will always be scintillatingly interesting every single week. Yes. It's just not possible. <laughs> yeah. And nor can, I think, any single preacher necessarily resonate with every member of the congregation every week. Mm. You know, so, so on the basis of those two uh, presumptions, which I think are, are, are pretty understandable, um, we can't expect our pastor or the preacher to um, to be 
um, entertaining mm. and funny and um, interesting mm -hmm. in the way that we would like, yeah. perhaps, every week. So if the speaker is consistently boring mm -hmm. or irrelevant or uncommunicative in his style, then we have to ask ourselves whether he is gifted by God for preaching. Right. That's a different question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, re remember, there are also four, I don't know where four comes <laughs> from, but yeah. you know, for preachers, we usually think in threes, but yeah. there are four essential qualifying components for preaching. First of all, calling hmm. by God. Hmm. Second of all, gifting by the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, training. And fourthly, experience or practice. Hmm. You know, so th those four uh, components need to be there. If a person is not called by God and gifted by God to preach, then they're in the wrong line of ministry, yeah. to be frank. Yeah. And I think we need to take that seriously. Some of these things take time, like the, the, the training in preaching mm -hmm. you get at Bible college or seminary. And the experience. But every preacher must be called and gifted by God for his role in preaching. Mm -hmm. If not, then he is acting outside of the sphere for which the Holy Spirit has gifted him. So this is something that I think we sometimes don't pay enough attention to. Yeah, yeah. But one way to overcome this challenge of a preacher not connecting with all the members of the congregation at all times, which, as we've said, is virtually impossible, is, in fact, to have a variety of preachers, at least from time to time. Mm. And um, I commend it to any church. Um, uh, I've practiced this for many years. In fact, at Hesper Baptist, we uh, developed a team preaching model mm. where the senior pastor uh, did the majority of the preaching, you know, probably 60, 65% of the preaching. Mm. I, as the secondary teacher uh, preacher, did about 25 to 30%. And then a junior member of the pastoral staff filled in the other 10% or so to, again, to get experience and practice and so forth. Hmm. Um, that doesn't work in every church or with every group of, uh, you know, of pastoral staff. Um, but in our case, it worked really well. Hmm. And um, I think the congregation really benefited from that. Um, but the model that most churches, certainly most Baptist churches, for sure, follow is that the senior pastor probably does, you know, 90, 95% of the preaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, personally, I don't think that's fair on the pastor, <laughs> right. but, yeah. but maybe we could also say at times it's yeah. not fair on the congregation. Right. You know, variety is important, mm -hmm. and uh, we all bring a different style and a different personality to preaching. One of the very big pre uh, challenges for uh, preachers is that, they, that we have a very short window at the beginning of every sermon in yeah. which to attract the attention of the listener. Now, I know that sounds like, you know, mm. it's entertainment. No, it, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. But mm. within those, some studies have been done on this, and, and it's thought that sometimes within the first 30 seconds to a minute, mm. many people in your congregation have decided whether they're going to listen to you or not. Wow. That puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that we use any gimmicks. I don't think that you need to use gimmicks. I don't mm -hmm. think that you need to have, you know, necessarily long or, or um, uh, unique um, illustrations or introductory stories or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the congregation needs to recognize in those first few minutes that first of all, you're qualified and gifted to be there and that the subject that you're speaking about is something I need to hear. And that's what we're trying to address in in those first introductory remarks. I think that where we as listeners, if I look at the other side, often go wrong is that we're more concerned about the preacher than we are about the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And we're more concerned about how the preacher preaches, like the style of preaching, than what God is saying. So I think the answer is to this whole issue of what if we find the speaker boring or, or things like that, I think that the answer is that we should listen with an ear that's attuned to what the scriptures say and mean and what God is saying to me personally that day from that scripture. And I know it's often hard to separate that from the preacher himself, but we need to do that. And we need to remember that the basis for preaching is the scripture, its authority, its importance, its relevance, its power to change lives and to convert us from living for self to living for God. Early on in my ministry with the Institute for Biblical Preaching, I served as the director of the pastoral studies program for about five years at Heritage Seminary. I remember inviting a well-known seminary professor to lecture one time at our annual preaching lectures conference. Mm -hmm. And I asked him how he as a scholar and a seminary professor listened to various preachers. And I thought his reply was so good and so succinct. He said, I can't check my brains and my experience at the door Mm -hmm. when I go to church, but I can listen. I can make myself listen or what God is saying to me today from his word. Amen. So I think that, you know, th- in those times when we're saying, okay, I'm not quite in sync with the preacher, I'm not following him, or, uh, you know, he, he, he's not keeping me awake or whatever, there's still things that we can say, what has God got for me today in this passage of scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. It comes back to even what you shared earlier about the active part of listening and we can still do that even when, right. you know, you're listening to a, to a boring speaker. Now, I, I, I think if doing a year of Bible college helps with this in some ways right. <laughs> because you get all kinds of, you get all kinds of teachers right. and some you of do. them are very dry. <laughs> but you've true. got to listen and you've got to, um, you've got to remember the material so that, you know, you do well on, on, on your assignments and things like that. So I think, um, like even for, for myself, just like, having a year not that i'm putting a plug in for your bible college right. but that kind of i know for me that actually really helped me sure um just sitting and, and learning and then realizing like yeah this guy he's he's dry but right the lord is speaking to me right now through through this passage of scripture right so well thank you so much for your time you're welcome um today roger it's been a been a blessing having you thank you very much thanks for having me it certainly was our pleasure to have you Now, for those listening, you can check us out online at gospelcenteredress.ca.